When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sportsbet BS Hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me partner's group. Me mate Dave, I reckon he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Robot building supplies helping you get the right products for the job at a better price. The Run Home with Andy and Gazy. Absolutely lovely to have your company on this Tuesday afternoon as the crowd, the grey clouds roll into Melbourne 10 again, following a very similar pattern, Keith, to yesterday. Beautiful morning, sunny, warm, blue skies, abundant. And then just middle to late afternoon, yeah. in came the, uh, the the darker clouds and maybe got a bit of a shower well, or two. You know what? I'm just grateful we get a little bit of sun oh, and it was a brother. beautiful, beautiful morning. And uh, even outside now, it's not. it hasn't got chilly, so it's... Um, it's okay. Oh, no, no, there's no chill uh, so, going on. Uh, just, uh, given what we've been dished up the last couple of weeks, just be take grateful it. for what take we've that. got. Take that. Uh, thanks to Julio, doing a magnificent job. He is uh, a very talented all-round performer. Next we- time, join the A-team, <laughs> hey, Julio. Whether it be, whether it be as, as an ideas man, uh, yep. pulling the strings, yep. or in front of the mic, just generating the content ridiculous. with dulcet tones. He is uh, amongst the very best. So Outrageous. well done to he and uh, everybody else involved. Interesting, Peter Nankov, along with the boys from Brecky. We'll continue to have a chat about your uh, Hawthorne footy club. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to hear from Andy Gowes at some stage after we heard from the um, the president-elect. Yes. Can we call him the president-elect, Peter Nankov? I think we can, can't we? Or No, that uh, means you've, you've been waiting... No, he hasn't the, been elected. The would-be Hawthorne president. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the former vice president who's... The president, the... Not president. Candidate. Yeah, yeah correct. The front-running candidate mm, put up mm, by the current board. So, yes. Uh, we'll have a chat about all of that on the way through today. Ty Kennelly's going to join us. Um, fascinating story in terms of his career-slash-life arc. Ty Kennelly's recently uh, revealed to us all. We'll have a chat to him about all of that and the work that he's doing in... Uh, the mental health space, uh, away from footy and um, a whole lot of other things. Yes. He joins us. Andy Harper, we're very keen to see what the release of the Socceroos World Cup squad reveals. So much conversation about it in the lead-up. A couple of those who are across all these things um, have already run with a couple of yarns about potential um, squad uh, revelations. And Mitch Langerak seems to be the one that... Uh, is causing the most consternation mm. amongst football slash soccer fans here in Australia. Mm. It is a curious one, the Langerak one. If it comes to pass, well, it, it is not in the squad, and it looks like he won't be. And we were having a conversation uh, before we went to air, and, and in regards to just need clarification of why you need three. Why do you need three? I guess because uh, our man, um, the Wiggle, Andrew, Andrew Redmay, uh, Redmay mm-hmm. uh, maybe he's a real specific role that he's going to have. Yeah, but Matt And Rock- the other two is like, well, if one of those goes down, mm-hmm. well, maybe he doesn't feel confident in Redmay. Well, Andrew Redmay can keep. I know he can, but I think he clearly he's very only high used at a very, for very specific circumstances. Well, that's because you can only use one keeper at any given time. No, but he's only come on <laughs> during the penalties. I understand. Now... Hopefully we get involved. Well, hopefully we don't. Hopefully we're winning. But well, if it'd be you, nice if we're in a penalty shootout against France. That'd be lovely. It means we've gone okay. Well, you would probably Denmark. You don't, for have, that matter. you don't have penalty shootouts, I don't think, in the round games, do you? 
I think if you draw it, they, they, you carry oh, a draw. Just a draw, over. you're quite yeah. right. Yeah, well, hopefully it's in the knockout phase. Yes. That would be very exciting. We're assuming we're just going to roll through Tunisia, which is probably a dangerous thing for us to be doing. Mm. Denmark, is it? Yeah, Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, Denmark. Yeah, Denmark. Yeah, yeah. No, they're already said they're that, pretty strong. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're well, pretty good. I don't, I'm not familiar with, uh, with what Tunisia is going to dish up, so I can't really. <laughs> I don't really know. I like it when you just pretend to, though. I like <laughs> it when you just assume, you know, no. we'll, we'll handle Tunisia, because you have been known to say those sorts of things. No. We'll get through them. Well, I just think uh, that it sounds like we'd be able to deal with the uh, African uh, yeah, correct. African yeah, 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 yeah. nations. Yep, yep. So, oh, I know, some good footballers. Oh, of course there are, but that I think that they're on our, uh, we're on that level, aren't we now? Well, we'd like to think so, wouldn't we? Well, we're in the World Cup in the well, same pool, so I suggest no. we're on their level. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. But we haven't gone through Africa. No, we've done well to get there. That's right. We have. Uh, we're hoping to get in touch Eight. with somebody behind the whole CR2 uh, news story, the Craig Randall story that broke huh. broke earlier this morning or the fact that he, part of this. Well, I found out yesterday. but well, I didn't, Why didn't you tell us? Well, because. Actually, I, why didn't you tell us? Well, because it was one of those ones where it was from a very liable source, but unless it's Hang on, what spot time did you on, find I it? wanted to. I found out yesterday morning. Why didn't you tell us yesterday? Well, I didn't want to. Everyone... What the hell is wrong with you? No, but I didn't know it was true. That doesn't stop anyone on this radio, well, radio station from going r- with stuff. Why don't I want to throw out rumours unless I know that there are strong rumours that are actually Well, because happening. you don't like being in the centre of a story. I do not. Oh, Clearly, I do oh, not. No. get very anxious. Oh, yeah. Can't well, sleep. Gina says hello. Well, that That's partial. No, that was different. No, well, you should have told us. You've got it right. So is this, how big a surprise is this? That Not very much of a surprise. Why not? Because He's one of the best three-man import rosters yes. we've ever seen. In fact, in fact, according to our great mate Corey the Amazon, he's the best ever. <laughs> well, there was a very brief well, all appearance two. that they it's... had together. But I think that it's not a surprise because even prior to the games against Phoenix when they in the preseason, when they went over and played the NBA games, there was a lot of speculation that perhaps his personality wasn't fitting in. There was a bit of argy bargy oh, with the, and uh, with the coaching staff, and I think that that the talent is so good that you think that you can maintain it and mould it and mm. get it to a, uh, an area where it's functioning. You don't always have to agree with everyone in your team, mate, and you don't always have to be friends with everyone in your team, mate. But you need a relationship that is workable. By all reports, that they reached a point where it was no longer workable. But, what happened was he missed a game, Andy. Yes. He didn't play one of the games last weekend, and they won. They beat Illawarra. He came back for the game on Saturday night. That was on Thursday night. He came back on Saturday. They're at shoot-around on Saturday, and they're coming off a win, and with his injury issue, uh, Coach CJ Bruton said, listen, we're going to just bring you off the bench today. Well, Toys apparently out of the cot, and he was not copying. Pre-game. Vis- visible. This was in the – yeah, no, this is in their shoot-around in the morning. So then that that right. was a real wet red flag that how's he going to perform? Had a sting. I think it was five of seventeen. So didn't didn't particularly play that uh, well. Yeah. And then uh, there was some very stern words had with some of his teammates that uh, tipped it over the edge. So teammates speak to him about his attitude, or teammates speak yes. to the coach about the player's attitude, or a bit of both. Both. Okay. Uh, now, now did, again, did, did he come to? Did he come to the league? Yes, he did. Right. Yes, he came with Baggage, a reputation a bit, okay. that difficult to handle. There may be some challenges there. Right. There's, there's no doubt about that. I'm, I'm not speaking out of turn in saying that. Well, he's gone now, so it doesn't really matter. 
Well, that is true, but That's, I don't like to. But you know what? No, no, no. You're speak not. Speak poorly I mean, on the man because he's no. an exceptional on-court talent. Well, he was their leading scorer, for goodness sakes. At 36, 36 was it, against Phoenix? He, he, in a, in a yeah, game they that's won. That's right, yes. No, no, he's a superstar That's, that's Phoenix, the NBA team. Hey, but here's the thing, Andy. And National this is Basketball the Association. And this is why you need America. the full package. Right now, yeah. in pure talent terms, if you're looking at him and Bryce Cotton, it's a tough, tough toss of the coin. They're both that good. That's how good he is on floor. That's a big call for No, no, that's how good he is on floor. But if you don't have the appropriate personality and team ethos, trouble. Well, one does. With a capital T. One does, and clearly the other one hasn't. So Mm. big news. Well, hopefully we'll find out. We've sort of put a couple of calls out to a few. I've got a response from his agent, in fact. Okay. So will the agent come on and tell us from the agent's perspective? He's going to try and jump on. Well, that'd be great. Menchie's Spigler is his name, yeah. and uh, he said he's going to try and come on. So he hasn't – it's not guaranteed, but it'd be interesting to get right his up. take Beautiful. on things. So there's a couple of other things swirling around. The um, squad for the oh. ODIs and the um, yes. two-test series against West Indies has been announced. A couple of – Oh, has it been announced? I believe so. Yeah, no, it has been announced. I gave you the squad. Nessa Richardson oh, and yes. Swepson no, have, have not been uh, included yes. in the Ashes squad. Scotty Boland holds, holds his – what Marcus Harris comes back in, which is yes. terrific – there is this story floating around, and we're trying to get somebody on to have a chat to us about mm. this. Nick Tedeschi. Now, I don't know Nick's work. He's coming on. Nick's coming on. Oh, brilliant. I've just got We Will and Tellers just put the fun- thumbs up, yeah. and Nick's going to come on. Uh, the NRL's funding feud, a breakaway league, and what it means for the game. Now, it's run in the Guardian, Guardian. but doesn't appear to have been picked up anywhere else. Well, I don't think he's necessarily – like, if you read the story, I don't think there's – any sort of real great substance that there might be a breakaway well, league. Well, the opening sentence is this. The league is at odds with its players and clubs over myriad issues with even a rebel competition in the mix. Yeah. A rebel seem... competition in the mix. Yeah. And the kangaroos who are representing in the Rugby League World Cup, mm. they are on the front foot uh, overseas. Uh, sorry, they are on the front foot here mm. saying, uh, no, 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 sir, we, uh, we are being underpaid. We are not getting our fair share. That's right. And unless... Um, Peter Volandis and, hey, and his Andy, crew come to the party, we uh, we will be threatening all sorts of potential action. And Andy, it's not just because there's the Players Association and then, of course, there's the clubs. And the clubs are also up in arms with the league because they don't feel like they're getting their fair share of the pie. They feel like that they're not getting enough of the revenue that's being generated well, going to them. So there's a they're, they're copying it on a few fronts, uh, Peter Volandis. Yes. Well, it's, and about, the rugby... to, well, it's about time Pete, uh, Pete's, you know, honeymoon period with everybody up there was just challenged a little bit. He's had it a bit his own way for too long. Is that right? Oh, well, isn't that right or not? Well, you're, I'm not aware of those types Well, he of... seems to like picking fights, Peter. I could be completely wrong. Right. I, I don't really follow the Vlandis, but he seems to like to pick mm. fights. He certainly picks fights with Victorian racing. And right. Probably, I'm not making any judgments here, but if you are that sort of character... Yes. You know, combative and, you know, you're like taking them on and it's my way of the highway type. If you're one of those type, well, sooner or later... Some people stand back and say, "No, no, no, sir, mm. no, no. We uh, we we want you to actually listen to us right now, and well, we we have some power here, and we will." Well, uh, the players certainly do because yeah. they are the most important yeah, asset in the whole uh, arrangement, no doubt. Uh, so they obviously talk about collective bargaining agreements that they've got to get through. There's talk about the, the splitting up the pie with the club. So there's a whole bunch of things that uh, there is a level of angst in the NRL that needs to be addressed. And my word, will um, hopefully our man Nick. Tedeschi 
can fill us in. Uh, join in at any stage. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line. Hey, it is the Tradies Hour for Ace Gutters mm. Australia made built to last. Send through your temper texts on the 40 Winks temper text uh, mm-hmm. text line. It's open all the time. It is. From 3 o'clock till 5.30. My word. Before we come on and after. In fact, it just rolls 24-7. So if you wake up one morning and you can't mm. get back to sleep, just fire off a text. Mm. Somebody will be here and you they will read it. 04339. We know that Twitter are going through a situation where they're just making some minor tweaks to their yeah, What's he doing, uh, Elon? What's Muskie so doing? So Elon's doing all that. But what I'd like to see on our little uh, forum here is the ability for us just to give people the thumbs up or the thumbs down. A little, you know how you can respond to people on the uh, temper text? I'd love to be able to do that and just give them the, you know, Oh, thanks or no thanks. Well, just be able to respond. I don't know if we, oh, I can't on this device here. Just a, you know, a little icon, you know, these I'm with days. You. Like a, yeah, like a little, hey, I just, gotcha. sent it, I just sent something to Gazy and he's giving me a little thumbs up Because a lot of people get upset we don't read out all the text. Oh, we can't do that. There's a lot of text me- uh, message traffic that comes through, which doesn't seem to reflect on other forms of uh, data that comes back that assesses how many people <laughs> are listening. But for some reason, this thing, I get windburn from it. And, and I do love every minute of it. Well, not every minute. Occasionally oh, there's true. some. You know, Very I generally get I generally get a bit more food back than you do, which, you know, is, <laughs> no. that's why I've turned oh. it off. So just let people know, I don't see it. No, so you have not. On. No, so you if you're not. having a crack at me, which is fine, mm. he sees it and uh, and, that upset, and that upsets him. It does. Because he doesn't like seeing me get upset. Well, I mean, you he don't like get upset because I, I don't tell see you. It. No, that's right. But oh, sometimes you do. Every now and again, there is something that I, sometimes there's a consistent level of feedback that I do have to share with you just because I think you need to address it. That's all. Uh, we're always hey, open to uh, a bit of feedback and observation it. on our performances. And, and, and actually, I'm always. quite immune to a bit of negative feedback every now and again. Immune to it? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Well, that's good for you because once but upon of a course, time, you, we all have limits. And that used to get you down a bit. It's true. Yeah. It got me down a bit last week when um, people were making false accusations. That's what gets. But if, if it's for something I've actually said, it doesn't get me down. Well, it's it... when people make stuff up that they think I've said that that's when it gets me down. But Andy, yes, uh, on the more lighthearted stuff. Oh, I've got one. I've got a lighthearted one for you. Well, we it? spoke yesterday. Uh, it was Scotty Gullen who put out the best callers rankings. Oh, yes, he did. The call, play-by-play callers. Yes. yes. Well, today he's come back and he's followed it up with um, the AFL special comments callers in the game. The best. The top rankings. Fi- top 15. And what I have found in both these surveys is if you go on to his ranking, mm-hmm. because on it, and it's a good thing that the Herald Sun have done, you're allowed to um, too high, too low, rated, are they rated too high? Oh, so you can affect, you, can have, you your, can they have your own poll. Correct. And yes. you can see what the public, where the public numbers have fallen. All right. So what All we've right. got here, so who do you think are the number one special comments? Well, I'll give you my three and you tell me where they are. All right. I'll, in, I'll give you on Scotty's rankings or the public's you, rankings. You tell me on both. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my three, two, one. Okay. Now, good. Brad Johnson accepted. I'm going to leave Jono out. No, Jono's in here. I know, but I'm going to leave him out of my three because he's here and I, I don't want to be. Oh, he's an exceptional. He's in my top five, but I'm going to leave him out of my top three because I, I just. Very balanced. Very good. Very, very good. Very good. But, I, but I'm just, I don't want to get embarrassed in front of him, so I'm, I don't want to put him in the top three because it'll look like I'm Well, just, do you want me to tell you where Scotty's put in to start things off? Yes, I'd like that. Brad Johnson, 12. 12 in the, out of, out of, out of well, the yeah, top The fact 15. that you're in the top 15 is a feather in your cap. 
Well, Are you happy on, with 12? On, Is he happy on. with 12? He's happy with 12. He's got thumbs up from Scotty. Brad, well, here's the good news. What are the people, people saying? People have spoken, mm-hmm. and they've got you at number 10. There you go. The, he's so a you've gone he's up always a couple. people's, man. I'll go my number one expert comments, man, mm. person, I should say, because Daisy Pierce is very much in the mix these mm. days. Uh, not in the top three of days, but trending in the right direction. Number one, Garrington Lyon. Where's he? Well, Garrington Lyon on the um, – this is the people's vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrington Lyon. Oh, geez, I've got to go a fair way down. Beg your pardon? I'm going. He's number 13. Well, I beg your pardon? Number 13. Oh, well, they in... uh, Jim Richards has got it right from uh, Mad Panorama Gullen. all those years ago. Scotty Gullen's got him in, in number, th- huh? number three. Well, good. Scotty knows. Start. Scotty knows. Number two for me, uh, Jimmy Bartell. Okay, Jimmy. One of my favourites as well. And uh, he's coming in on Scotty's uh, comments. Yes. Scotty's rankings. As ran- rankings. What's his comment as well? Ranking. Uh, he's coming in at number 13. 13? 13. Well, what about the people? In the people. <laughs> <laughs> it took a little while there, Rod. Right, but anyway, slow. we got yep, there. Got there. Um, in the uh, people's rankings, here we go. Two. Well, the people and I are in tune. So we're, you're not a packet. You're not Jim Richards. <laughs> well, you're t- uh, coming in at number three on my rankings, okay. uh, Louis Matthews. Well, in the people's votes. Yes. One. The people and I are in sync. On the people's votes. Thank you, people. Number one, in Scotty Gullens, <laughs> he's come in, and uh, Lethal Lee, oh, he's dropped. He's dropped significantly, I might add, too. Oh. He's not in the top. Hang on a second. <laughs> he's not in the top. He's 14 oh, on Scotty. Come on, Scotty. Number one on the people, number 14 with Scotty. Well, we might have to just uh, open the lines up a bit later on. Wow. Well, they, the people will be the people ringing. It won't be Scotty Gallon ringing, so they'll be saying, no, no, Scotty's got it wrong. Uh, well, there you go. That's interesting. Mm. It's already 20 past three. Honestly, it feels like we've just come on the on the wireless. It feels <laughs> like Julio was here two minutes ago, but mm. no, no, the clock says he was here 18 minutes ago. Well, 20, in fact. Well, uh, can, well, I tell you my, to... can I just give you my... Well, can you tell we're me on the sync. other side of the break? Well, I can just very quickly. Well, very quick. We're in sync, but I've got uh, absolutely Jason Dunstall in the top three. Absolutely. In fact, he said very quick, didn't he? All right. I'll, that's enough said. Just give me your one, two, three. Quick. Jason Dunstall. One. Uh, G. Lyon. Two. D. King. Three. Lovely to have your company this uh, Tuesday afternoon, 26 past three. Um, bit going on in your footy club. We might just cherry pick our way through a bit of it throughout the afternoon. Peter Nankerville was on, the, um, on Brecky with the boys this morning talking about you know, a whole range of matters, of course. There's, you know, there's been some, according to, you know, that ticket and some of their supporters, been an element of misinformation mm-hmm. that's come out from the Hawks for Change campaign about the, um, you know, the whole process yes. to this particular point in time. Um, so that'll be discussed. And Andy Gowes, I'm sure, will come on the radio station at some stage um, to outline, you know, his views on all of that and um, give us a, a window into... Uh, the world that he sees for the Hawthorne Footy Club going forward. Peter mm. Ankerville, who you know, former yep. VP for Jeff Kennett, been on the board for geez, six or seven years. I think his tenure has been maybe even a couple of years longer. That said, this this morning about their goals between now and two thousand and fifty. Can you get your thoughts on this? In terms of our our objective as a football club and our and our sort of global goal and what we're challenging ourselves to do is to remain a a very successful successful club. The Hawthorne Football Club 
is used to that success. It's in our DNA. It's it's winning premierships is what we're about. So we've set ourselves the target of winning another seven premierships by 2050. And that's and and I think that into with Sam coming on board and coaching this year, um, I think the football public had the opportunity to take notice and see what Sam is capable of doing. So, so no, nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all wrong with that. No, no. Set yourself uh, targets and and, we, and remember we mm. when Brennan Gale did something sort of not too dissimilar mm. uh, at the Richmond Football Club several years ago, and he kind of laid out his manifesto. We all kind of laughed at it. And, mm. They might have missed their timelines by a year or two, but they certainly exceeded many mm. of the KPIs that Brennan Gale put before um, his think, footy club. I think they might have actually exceeded a lot. Oh, that's what I said. I said most oh. of them. Exceeded most of them. Mm. That's a premiership every four years between now and uh, 2050. And there's some very, very... Is there any downside mm. in saying that? Mm. Is there any downside? Uh, None of us are going to be around in this caper. Peter Nankerville's going to be, mm. not going to be around in in 28 years to be held to account for the seven in mm. 28 years, seven by 2050. Yep. I think there is a danger in it if it comes with, if it's just rhetoric and there's no plan about it, then, well, what really is it? It's nice to have very lofty goals, and I think you need them. You've got to dream big. You've got to shoot for the stars because just trying to be run-of-the-mill, clearly you're not going to get there no, by accident. Sir, but seven by 2050. But you, We're going to win you, seven by 2050. Absolutely. But if you don't, if you can't have that as your goal, like I said, you're not going to get lucky. You're not going to fluke it. You no. might fluke one or two, but you're not going to fluke it. So I don't mind... They're having the lofty ambition, provided it's accompanied with a pretty clear and decisive plan about how this is going to happen. I wonder what Hawthorne supporters think about all of that. If you've got a view on that, feel free to share it with us. Might dive into Don't this. Try and divide us. Drive into this NRL story after the news. Oh, please. Just be a little bit frosty on their show uh, tonight, too, after us at 5 30. You want to be listening to this because Jared Healy's mm. a fine and has been for a long time a fine analyst. Veteran. And well, and one of the finest in the caper. For a long period of time. For a long period of time. And both radio and television. Many, many feathers. Ticks every box available. In his hat. And yet... Well, there's actually declining feathers if you... Well, let's not go there. That happens to the finest of us. But he's still a fine, fit, strong, healthy man. Oh, absolutely. But not in Scott Gullen's top 15, whereas Brad Johnson is. Now, if anything can divide divide Mm. a a team that are looking to create some chemistry (laughs) and harmony on air together... That's true. It's probably that. Now, Brad Johnson in Mm. the top 15, Jared Healy not. I wonder if Jono will be prepared as the junior partner in that team to bring that up (laughs) out of 5.30 tonight. Well, it'd be Would you be recommending him to do that or not? Oh, given he's only here on a temporary basis, I'd probably steer away from it. Okay, no worries, right. But... I know he's a man of courage, he and he'll, he'll nice. find a way to always frame it happy, that it sounds yes. really positive. Always happy to put his head over the agate throughout his career. Let's see if he can do it as a broadcaster. So, story, Bob, you showed me this story. that Bob. Now, we are both big advocates for The Guardian. Um, it feels like a balanced uh, provider of news, sport, and current affairs. And yet this story appears to be running in The Guardian only in The Guardian under Nick Tedeschi's byline. Uh, the NRL's funding feud, a breakaway league, and what it means for the game. Now, the same thing was happening with Watergate back in the 70s. Only the Washington Post was picking that up. Well, The, only... the story was being besmirched by others. But in fact, they were running stories hmm. saying it wasn't true. Well, here's the thing, though, Andy. Uh, back then, there wasn't this uh, thing called the internet. And when a story came out, 
uh, people had to wait for the next day's papers to come out. So there was a lot of time in between uh, the, the transfer of information. So normally when a story of this breaks, you, you're going to have others to come in and put their two bobs worth in. Uh, no one, I think, is not on this level. They've dealt with the individual correct, the, the issues. Collective of, bargaining. Of, yeah, but all never that. a breakaway. Well, I haven't heard anything about a breakaway uh, league, have well, you? Nick, well, Nick today. Has you, Andy? Well, no, I have not. But no. I don't follow the, 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 you know, the minutiae of NRL news and the mm. sort of hour-by-hour development. Developments of stories. That's right. In the NRL, do you? No, I don't. Well, but I think I, Nick Tedeschi probably does. But I would, have, I would have thought that if there was a breakaway league, that well, this is this is um, groundbreaking stuff. Well, shall we get to Nick and he can tell us more about his story? Oh, he's standing he, by and he's ready oh, to go. Yeah, that's what I was trying I to get to. We him. were having a conversation. Well, we were, but I, once right. I saw Nick was ready to go, I thought well, let's I don't probably have get that to information him. before. You me. do. I do. It. Yeah, it's on your screen. It's occasionally, it would be good oh. for you if you looked at that. So he says, "Ready to go, Nick Tedeschi." Hey, Nick, thanks for joining us, mate. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, James. So that, that's the thing that jumps. The story's terrific. And there's you know, all of there's the elements and the categories all laid out mm, in really the way you've presented it mm. uh, in terms of the issues and, and the many issues that are kind of creating, that are confronting the players, the Players Association, the clubs and, and the NRL in general at the moment from a collective bargaining agreement. But the thing that jumped off the page to a couple of Southerners down here was the fact that there's even a rebel competition somewhere in the mix how deep in the weeds do we have to go, Nick, before we start hearing people talking about the prospect of a rival competition emerging? Yeah, look, not too deep in the weeds. It was reported kind of an emerged kind of news corp over the, the, the weekend that clubs were certainly, you know, in discussions with that. Like, I certainly don't think it's going to end up that far. I think it's just a big stick that's being waved at the moment, but it's certainly not off the table. Yeah, it's very different to the Super League war. There's no big financial backer pushing this, there's no real need for a vision but there's definitely a push from the clubs and the players and you very rarely see this in labour negotiations where both the players and the clubs are on the, the, the same page that uh, uh, yeah, they're pushing for some pretty significant governance changes and you know, there, there, there are some club bosses out there who think there will be some heads rolling at, uh, at HQ. Governance changes uh, are all part of the negotiations like you mentioned but usually when you cut to the core of what all this is about, it usually comes down to money. Would that ultimately be the most significant factor in this dispute that's currently going on? Yeah, this is about money and power in this one. So where the, 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 the Rebel League uh, or the breakaway competition has come from is that licensing agreements from, from clubs end in 2023. Peter Volandes runs the NRL, as he does Racing New South Wales, with a, a fairly iron fist. So pretty hard to uh, to extract uh, extract money from that uh, fist. So the clubs are using what's at, uh, what's at their disposal to, to, to try to eke out an extra, I think, approximately $20 million in, uh, in funding. So this is about money, but it's also a lot about power. There's a lot around, a lot of discontent in, in Clubland and with Players, Players Association around the lack of due process that goes into things around player punishments, the player code of conduct, you know, the, the, the stalling of, of negotiations over the collective bargaining agreement. The RLPA is of the view that bargaining hasn't even begun with the NRL yet when a deal was expected to be done this season. So there's plenty of issues there at play. And, uh, you know, money is obviously the, 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 the big one, but, you know, kind of trying to wrest some of that power and kind of bring a bit more transparency and a bit more reliance on due process is certainly part of the mix as well. If we just look at the players for a minute, and I appreciate there's separate issues from a club standpoint as there is 
what the players would be lobbying for. But here in the AFL, they, they get a it's a, a formula of a percentage of revenue that has to go back to the players. Do they have the same type of analysis done when it comes to dividing up money that's going to be allocated to the players? Yeah, they do. And where, where it's at now is um, they there's been a significant increase in headcount in the NRL with, with players. So we've seen the NRL uh, competition expand from 16 to 17 players. The NRLW has gone from four teams to six teams. will expand to 10 teams next year. So what one of the, the, the main goals of the RLPA is, is to ensure that there is no one going backwards on a per-head basis. So... Um, the NRL, uh, it's not the case that you know, you're going to get an increased percentage of revenue, whereas the RFA are saying, well, that will actually lead to a reduction in a per-head percentage of revenue. So ah. that's where some of the complications are, are, are kind of coming around in that area. And the other, you know, there's, there's still a work around the salary cap and, and where that's going to end up. But the RLPA have taken a pretty pragmatic approach to this and are looking at, at, at most of that increase going to... Uh, a transition fund that will help kind of medical expenses in the in the years after playing and, and ensuring that uh, um, that the NRLW is looked after as well. The female players who don't have a collective bargaining agreement. So uh, there's, you know, I think they're taking a pretty pragmatic approach that, you know, maybe hasn't been taken by the RLPA in the past. So, no. so just on the PA, Nick, t- typically and traditionally, have they been... Um, you know, a militant group? Have they, have they have they been a strong group? Have they had what sort of presence have they had within the game at this sort of you know this sort of level? They were a very very weak uh, and disorganised group for a long long time. The last negotiation under the leadership of Clint Newton, a former former Storm player, yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly kind of came to the to, to the fore. And, and and quoting one club boss yesterday, they have been heading into this negotiation professional, prepared, progressive. Uh, and stands in complete contrast to where the NRL have been in this. So the thoughts are that the RLPA has spent most of the year, most of the year in the meetings they've had with the NRL, actually educating the NRL on what they need to know, and not actually getting to a point of bargaining. So I would say that yeah, far from being militant, I'd say they're a pretty pragmatic organisation. Yep. Probably the first time in their history, or the last five or six years in their history, actually strong. Uh, and you mentioned the. The way in which Peter Volandis has uh, approaches things um, and throughout the course of uh, in recent times, in particular with some of the negotiations, uh, in in your guess, how likely is this going to resolve in conflict? Do, do, are, is there an expectation that with, with all this money that's a, that's going around that that ultimately they'll come to a figure, or, or is sensing a bit of a bit more to it this time around, particularly coming from the players? Well, I I. I, I... I think that there, I think the, the, this could this has the potential to come to a head, and I don't think Peter Volandi is going to be the victim in all this. He rarely, rarely is. But the CEO Andrew Abdo has been relatively powerless in all this, and I think the clubs are, are fed up and probably looking for looking for a scalpel. So, and the clubs actually do, if United have the ability to remove Peter Volandi, if it got to that point uh, under the um, Australian Rugby League Commission Constitution, they need uh, 14 of the. The 26 commissioners, 27 when the Dolphins enter, to, to be able to remove uh, Volandis. There's a belief in Cobbland that all teams are are united on this. So I don't think it'll get to a point where where we're seeing you know the chairman having to be forced out. But I do think we are going to see his powers curbed significantly. I think there's a good chance we're going to see the CEO ousted in the next little period. 
And I, I don't think this is going to win anytime soon. How will oh. that? How wh- wh- the the people politics in all of this, Nick, yeah. uh, are pretty interesting. And and Peter Volandis has got a reputation that's evolved, you know, south of the border over the last couple of years for obvious reasons. If there is to be um, uh, diminishing of his power base, ha- how will he cope with that? Uh, <laughs> I don't. Think he's, I don't think he's coped too well in the past, so I don't think it's. Uh, uh, I, I don't think he will cope with the world, but he's also a reasonable, well, he's, he's a very good politician, yeah. and, and I dare say, you know, he's going to be able to spin this however he, he, he needs to, but I think where he's going to, to, to really need to change to actually win win back the base is just change the way the NRL operates. The NRL became, the NRL will prove, yeah, and rugby league in general administratively has been a rabble for a long, long time. It, 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 once the commission kind of came in, there, there was a professionalism trying to catch up to what the AFL had done in the 90s, kind of making inroads in that in terms of you know, gaining some kind of credence with, with politicians, funding, all those things that, 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 that help Mate, well, um, we appreciate you uh, giving us an overview of the piece that's running in The Guardian. It's all there for people who want to go and find it. The NRL's funding for you to break away league and what it means for the game. Nick Tedeschi is the author and the voice that uh, has been on the other end of the phone for us. Thanks for coming on, mate. We appreciate your time. Absolute pleasure. Anytime, guys. Good on you. Good on you, Nick. We'll see how that one plays out. It's 17 minutes to four. 12 minutes to four. What are you pointing out over there? We're getting all excited. You mentioned this. You mentioned this yesterday in regards to what's going on with the AFLW finals. Just about to bring this up. Oh, really? Go your hardest. <laughs> well, I just think that, and we, you've had some conversations with those within the AFL. Let's not give any no, away. No, no names. Just, no, I'm not going to do that. But but apparently it's the finals are handled by the clubs, primarily this, by the clubs. This is this is the news that is, is new to me that I wanted to get clarified. And, and the thing, the problem I have is that the more I look at this Richmond v North Melbourne situation, where only two and a half thousand people can get into Punt Road, now they absolutely deserve to host the game yep. wherever they because they've earned the right. Correct. I'm not, I'm not disputing so, so, that. Not a pot on Brendan Gale or the Richmond of Footy Club. Of course not. No. But when it's so limited, and it can be so impactful on the development of the game, and so easily remedied. Well. Well, that's no. The, this is the actual. Well, this is well, that's the, what you need to discover, Andy, because sometimes these re- remedies are not as easy as, as it might. As no, you no, might think. of course it is, mate. So have no, you got, of course it is. There's no okay. corp. There's no people flying in. Have been booking their tickets for years. No, 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 no. But all the but things. Venue availabilities. Of course, are, of course, there are venues available. So all if over they the wanted, place. they just go to Marvel Stadium, could they? Well, I don't know about Marvel, but they could go to Victoria Park. They could go to Princes Park. Mm. But there's there's two venues within how. Much Within eight kilometres of Punt Road, and that are ready to be used. Apologies for Mel- this. Melbourne played. But, but Richmond. Hang on, Andy. Melbourne but... played Richmond mm. at Prince at Icon Park on mm. Friday night. Yep. Whatever it was. Mel- now Melbourne's home game, home ground is Casey, mm. but Melbourne hosted. For I don't know why, but clearly Melbourne was of the view that look, we might get a few mm. more people. For us, it's better to get you know more support, a better mm. crowd, no, no, blah, blah, hang- all of that. So okay. Melbourne played mm. their first final. Mm-hmm. A qualifying final yep. against Richmond, not at their home yep. ground. No, we're aware of that. At a but, superior venue. And I, but is it if you're changing that venue? What is the difference in capacity, and what is the ultimate difference? If it's if you're talking a 
you know, it's at Princess Park to yeah. What is thir- the difference? Thirteen, fourteen thousand people can go. Ah, to well, come. that's that to me is one and where you can, you can get twice as many even mm. to Victoria Park. You get four or five thousand people to Vic Park easily, compared to the two. Mm. And when you say two and a half thousand at Punt Road, mm. this is please Richmond supporters don't and Richmond are doing exactly the right thing. Brendan Gale and his crew are doing exactly the right thing by their team. Their well, job. Are they doing the right thing by the game? That doesn't though? matter. That is not their responsibility. This is this is what I think. Where the, I well, think it the is issue. if you've taken the responsibility out out of the AFLW, and that gets to my first point. So, yeah, so you're the, right. But if 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 they've taken the responsibility away from the AFLW, we can't force you to do anything. That is that is the reality. Isn't it incumbent on the club then to think of the bigger picture no, as well? I, I as, don't. I don't think so. No? I don't. I actually don't think it is. Okay. Because I think it, it, it's too easy for us mm. to tell Richmond what what they should be. Doing. The difference here is that mm. the AFL control the venues for they control the finals. The AFLW does not. They control the the grand final mm-hmm. destination. They will, depending on what state it's played right. in, they will have ultimate control on where it gets played, a controlling influence mm. on where it gets played. Not so. Do you the think that's the finals. right? No, I don't. Formula. No, I don't. Right. No, I don't. Mm. I think the AFLW should be in a position to say, Brendan, we understand your situation, mm. Ryan. For, we understand your situation, but but for the good of this game and for the good of this league, mm-hmm. we got to put. We, there were three and a half thousand people at Arden Street two weeks ago. Mm. Had to shut the doors at Arden Street. Mm. We couldn't get any more in. Mm-hmm. So there's a, you would think there's at least that three and a half thousand people that want to turn up again for a final. A thousand of them won't get in, and two and a half thousand people at Punt Road. That is tight, mate. Well, Andy, tight I, on this report I'm reading. Super tight. There's even family and friends that can't come along to the game. That is so, true. So so mm. every there are a lot of people getting hurt here mm-hmm. as a result of the the inability to consider. And act upon a venue change when it seems to me. Well, you're contradicting yourself there. Oh, if you're saying on. that a lot of people are getting hurt, then I don't know why you would hold the position that it's not. They don't have a, no, because, a bigger picture obligation. Because no, no, this is no Richmond. I'm not contradicting myself at all. Well, it sounded like no, 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 saying, no, okay. no. I'm not putting the responsibility for this on Richmond at all. But the league has. That's right. But this is where I'm saying they've got the power mm. wrong of this. Going forward, the AFLW, mm. in my humble opinion, yep. need to take control of the finals mm. because this is the chance. This is the showpiece. And numbers have been slightly down this year in terms of you know people are getting used to the new season yep. and the things and the weather hasn't been great and all the rest of it. But this is a chance to get some good numbers in. That's right. And, and we're going to be denying it. Now, that is not – I don't think that is Richmond's issue. Mm. I don't. Mm. But it's certainly the game's issue and it's certainly the league's issue. A couple of minutes away from the official release of the Socceroos squad for the World Cup. This is significant. And I mean, it starts in three weeks. 22nd of November, I think, the mm. first game. Mm. There's going to be some clearly some upset players on the way through. Andy Harper's going to join us later on the show. Once the dust settles on it all and he's got the final squad, he's going to have a, uh, a look at it all. Mm. And why do we pick three keepers? Well, like, Why do we? Well, I think that... There are roles. There's specific roles. Yes, I and understand that. That two. We only got to play potentially. You know. Well, that's the one. And Andrew Redmer is the one that was picked for a very specific purpose. So maybe you think with a big squad, well, we just want to cater for that. He may not see any action, but we just want to cater for that one opportunity that might pop up where we might need someone. Yeah, but why? Why three? Because it's specific. He's there just for the penalties. Well, you've got the other bloke. You've got Matt Ryan doing the job. Well, they Why think that three, he's... I'm asking? Matt Ryan, Andrew Redmayne, that's two. Mm. Why do we pick another one? Well, they think. Well, maybe they think that he's only there for the penalties. 
Maybe. Well, he was in that one game. <laughs> no, Keith. Trying to find out what is making news on the uh, networks of seven around Australia, but particularly here in uh, Melbourne, Victoria, tonight. The best person to mm-hmm. seek that advice from is Tim Watson, who is standing by to talk to you and I and our uh, many hundreds of thousands of people listening. Uh, Timothy, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you both. Yes, tonight on 7 News, a doctor jailed for stealing from patients in a cancer con. Melbourne's pollen madness, a new warning. Young tradies promised free regger. God, there's some pork barrelling going on at the moment. In sport, the Aussies named the one day in test squads. The Aussie legend helping a rival nation at the World Cup. Max Gorn on his new partnership with Brodie Grundy. And the two Brownlow medalists mixing it with an NBA star, James, along with the weather. Peter Mitchell with 7 News at 6. Hey, guys, I've got a question for you. Kyrie Irving, what would you do with him? Uh, no, I would be, if I was the Nets, I'd be looking to trade him and try to get whatever I can in return. Kevin Durant? Uh, no, Kevin stays. He's, uh, he's a very good player, uh, Tim. They both are very good players. And what Kyrie was doing at the start of the season has, was really, really good on the floor. It's kind of what we saw. I don't know if you heard the news, but Craig Randall from the Adelaide 36ers has just been cut. Mm. Now, he was an extraordinary talent, as good as you'd ever mm. want to see but wasn't mm. fitting into the uh, the program. And as such, they decided to move him on. So I think it's a um, a more expensive version of what we've seen with the uh, Nets. We've seen with the Adelaide 36ers. But Fair enough. Report- have you ever seen mm. – <laughs> have you ever seen – can I just ask you this? Yes. Have you ever seen a coach happier to get the sack than Steve Nash was <laughs> at the Brooklyn Nets? <laughs> have well, you ever seen anyone after those circumstances no, that's right. depart that's an right. organisation? with a bigger smile on there. No, you're 100% because uh, because he got sacked too. He's got two years remaining. I think he was on about mm. $8 million a year. So he can yep, just sit back lots. and not have to deal with all that rubbish and goings on that was happening with the Nets. Not just this year, Tim. Go back over the mm. last couple of years with everything he had to do with James Harden, yeah. injuries to uh, Kevin Durant and... Of course, Ben Simmons coming. I mean, it was a really, really tough assignment that he had on his hands. Tim, let me American ask you. American sport, yeah. just, just on this point, American sport are fascinating, isn't it? Like in the NFL, Frank Reich, who was the coach at uh, the Colts, got the yep. sack. Yep. So what they've done now is they've inserted this guy as coach who was actually working on ESPN on the coverage, a guy by the name of, I think, Kevin Saturday. No, Jeff. Who Jeff, used Jeff, to, Sat- Jeff Saturday. Jeff, sorry, Jeff yeah. Saturday, who used to play for the yeah. Colts yeah. and his good friend of the owner, <laughs> manager, who says, look, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that he's never coached. In fact, I think it's a good thing to get somebody that's never coached <laughs> right. at this level. It's bizarre. Hey, Tim, it's bizarre. You, know when, you know when I would have panicked when I was uh, Steve Nash was when they first signed Kyrie Irving and in his first comments, mm. in the, I reckon he would have barely been there a month, he said, well, mm. we don't really need a coach. We coach ourselves. Mm. Remember that when he, was saying, yep. when he yeah, came yeah. out and said that? Now, right then, the alarm bells were, were ringing and uh, <laughs> Steve Nash would have just gone, oh, my God, how am I going to deal with this? Tim, do you reckon? I tell you what, if, if 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 you put if you put the lasso of truth mm. over Paddy Mills and sat Paddy Mills oh, down right now, correct. What an interesting conversation you might be Spot having on, with him. What's Spot going on. on? And yet, so so, do you reckon there's ever been? And we've been talking about. I'm sure you would have been if you'd been on air and all the rest of it from a daily basis. But the number of th- players have got you know access to to, oh, yeah. to be this and that. They they with their social media, they can do something mm-hmm. that. They may not think of the implications before they push a like or a send or a retweet mm. or whatever. apologise. We all make mistakes. And then suddenly you're in the, Is it getting more difficult 
to separate who you are individually from, um, you know, the, from the sports person? And are the pitfalls greater now? Is there a myriad of them more, more so now than ever before? Um, I think so. I think so because of the the laser oh. sharpness that's applied to the sport too, and yep. everything about it is amplified. But it was really interesting, like mm. even like the contradictions that take place too. Remember when the journalist said about LeBron James, just you know, shut up and dribble. Yeah. And then when Kevin Durant was asked about the latest um, disruption with mm-hmm. the Nets and Kyrie Irving and mm. the fact that um, the anti-Semitic the yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. post that, 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 that he's in out there. And then Durant said, oh, look, you know, we're just paid to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. So it's like when, when, when you want it to work in your favour, mm. you do. And then when it turns on you, then you obviously have a different view completely. So... Um, it's interesting, though. But the NBA has allowed itself to become like this. Tim, this is what also has happened, and I'm really keen to get your view on this. And what we see in the States usually takes a little while, but eventually it comes it's, here to yeah, Australia, yeah, generally. Yeah. But the player empowerment, the way in which mm. that, that their contracts these days and their ability to, even when they're doing something that, that you think, well, this is not appropriate, the, the clubs over there, teams over there, have... Very little power without mm. having to write out massive, massive checks. And and I think we're seeing a little bit of that in the AFL and other leagues well, around what about here. With, but with cricket as well, Keefe, like, Tim, there's, mm. a, there's mm. been oh, – we're talking about this. There's a power shift. There, there is. Correct. There is. And, yes, look, the Australian team, when Pat Cummins takes over and, you know, Justin Langer and you feel like, oh, there's a bit of fresh air here and – yeah, this is going to be a likable mm. version of the Australian cricket. And then Pat Cummins, it's amazing to watch people's reaction to it. He does the thing about a linter. Mm. No, no, I don't want to do mm. that, and I'm not going to do the ads. I don't, I don't believe, mm. you know, the, mm. the footprint they're mm. leaving behind. Suddenly people, there's this, you can feel, and I'm not sure how many people are in this number, but there is this discernible shift. Just play cricket, mate. Don't bring politics yeah. into sport. It's a, a little thing like that. Or mm. Perhaps not a little thing, but... A player does something like that, and suddenly there is a shift against him, mm. and and it's mm. remarkable how quickly the pup, the perception about someone, of the can, individual, can, yeah, mm. can change so quickly. Yeah, and but then, well, then you examine the behaviour of somebody though too, don't you? Like, and the contradictory behaviour that's associated with that. Now he's got a massive contract with Gillette now. I'm, you know, like I would think that Gillette burn a fair amount of power around the world, you know, making their blades and everything else that they do. Like if you, if you go deeper and you examine yeah. that, and you say, okay, well, you're okay to take the money off them and they are doing this, but now you're objecting to the money being taken from this company here in Australia. So I think that's what people look at with mm. the contradictory behaviour. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Okay, well, yeah, it's it's a it's a vexed time. It's a good, it's a great time for you know the opportunities that are presented mm. to young professional sports people now compared to when you two were around. Oh. Are you know? Well, you just shut up. You just mm. you just did as you were told. You know, I guess somebody said you know jump. You say how, how high? Mm. We mm. didn't. You mm. know, Gazi would have been done. Like you never, uh, you never had that confrontational. Mm. Um, examination of what it was that you've been asked to do. You just said, okay, well, if the coach is asking me to do it or the club is saying that I need to do that, then I will. Mm, mm. But uh, the world has changed and it's not going to change back the other way. So no. we've just got to make sure we adjust our, our own ways. It, it's true. That's true. Um, we'll be watching tonight, mate. Thanks for joining us.
Jews. Tim, well done, Tim. Watson, a guest, special guest appearance on and, the program from very sharp polish from work Timothy Michael Watson. Uh, mm. Six o'clock tonight. Ty Canelli about to join us. That whole the people in your sphere, just yep. your friend, your friends. Mm-hmm. That that attitude of just dribble the ball, mate. Just kick the footy, mate. Just mm-hmm. just hit the ball, mate. Mm-hmm. Is that still a provi- Is that a prevailing view amongst many? In your uh, in your world, or are the people in your world more aware of the power of the individual now? Mm. And if that player, he or she, mm. if they decide they want to exercise their mm. power and be, you know, a strong voice mm. for something or against something, that they they use their platforms now. Well, here it is. What what, it what is, do your people want sports people to do? I, I find that it's it's somewhat split, and I think when a player says something that. Uh, aligns with someone's values, good on you. What a fantastic <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah. This is great yeah. because yeah. he's standing yeah. up for the little man. He's yeah. standing up for the planet. He's standing up for this religion. He's standing. Fantastic. But when that player says something that is not aligned yes. with your values, yeah. Yeah. shut up and play. Yes. Yes. We don't want to hear from him. Just entertain us. I don't want to hear that crap. Just do it. So I, I think it's the world we live in now that's become so divisive that we can't just accept that someone has a view and say, well, that's his view. I'm mm. still going to like him because or her because they play a sport, yep. they entertain me. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm still going to love it. Doesn't play. It oh, doesn't exactly. matter. We all have yeah. different views and, hey, we'll, we'll figure this out. But it's so divisive now yeah, yeah, yep. that, nah, this is going to ruin That comment by that oh. player is going to encourage and yeah. we're going to ruin the world and <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get this and I'm going to do that and, it, you know, all those types of things that – that's where it, it, it's become more prevalent because the, the voices that many others have. It's, it, it's a, we should open the lines up a bit later on about all of this sort of stuff. Hey, it's time for our Breaking Bread chat. Thanks to Brumby's Bakery, proudly supporting Movember and Men's Health. Um, last week, uh, Ty Canelli, with a very, very important and dear friend of his, uh, were awarded the New South Wales Mental Health Commission's Community Champion Award for their service to men's mental health. It's via a program called When No One's Watching. And I'm fascinated by this, Tig, and it's great to have you on the show, and congratulations. I mean, you've lived your life with this perpetual smile on your face, <laughs> and you would never, I would never have struck me as you being somebody who'd found the need for a group like this, and yet you did, and you've spoken about it, and you've acted about it, and it's led to you being recognised for your work. It's great to have you on the show, mate. Can you, can you tell us a bit about what this program is and why it means so much to you? Thanks, guys. Uh, great to be on the show, and thanks for the opportunity. Um, yeah, look, uh, I fight the same myself, Andrew. A lot of the time, growing growing up and coming here, look, I, I come from the other side of the world, and a lot of people thought, looking at me, that I'm this resilient person that came from the other side of the world and um, be able to have this great career. And um, it probably wasn't well, not probably it was when I um, when I lost my job at the as the assistant coach at the Swans, you know, and with COVID, um, I thought I was a connected person and. It turned out I, I wasn't. You know, when I really needed people to get around me, it just wasn't there as such. Uh, it wasn't until a friend of mine reached out and said, "Hey, mate, let's go for a walk and you know, have a, a coffee and a dip in the water and a bit of exercise." Um, you know, I was in a bad place for probably about six to nine months. You know, and uh, from there it started where I said, "You know what? If I'm like this and I'm going through this experience, there's got to be a lot of them in." Um, feeling the same way and I said you know what I'm going to do something about it let's go and invite a friend each and we'll, we'll get down to the beach we'll do some exercise have a coffee have a chat and, and, and connect and um, I feel as, as a man growing up in the world 
I could go to the pub and, um, you know, I'd be with a mate and I could, you know, drink a million beers, which I'm good at. And <laughs> I, could get, I, I could get home and I wouldn't know what my mate is. My wife would say, well, how's uh, Mickey R? And I'd say, oh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. You just spent five hours with him. Um, or my, my wife might go for dinner for an hour and, and she'll come home and she'll tell me every ins and outs of her, of her partner. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to try and set up a, a, an environment where it was non-alcohol related, where you're trying to get guys... Um, down where they're actually just doing a small bit of exercise and it's more about the social connection than anything else where you come down, a bit of exercise and have a chat and blokes feel comfortable enough to actually drop their body armor which is a big piece of, of what the whole group is about just being yourself and you know we live in a world today where everyone's trying to compare and compete against everyone else and certainly as a man it's not easy the way of expectation uh, and we're just, I'm just trying to, and we're trying to help men just to drop their body armor and live their life like no one's watching. And um, you know, I've experienced some stuff myself through anxiety, through um, you know the, the ego getting hit by losing my job and feeling I was connected. You know, you know yeah. what? I got off yeah. my ass and said I'm going to do something about it and actually help men be better men. And it's a fantastic cause, and I think we all can see, and particularly men, I think we've come to realise that that we need to change in order to to help ourselves and. And I'm interested to get your view in that. Do you have you noticed a change in say the last ten, fifteen years where men are more willing now to share their feelings? They are more willing to tell a bloke that they love him. They are more willing to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I've got some some issues that need to be addressed." Now, I suspect we still need to go a long way, and your programs help. But I find that there has been some significant changes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, Casey. I think it's it's. I just got a message from a from a guy in the group actually only a couple of days ago, and he said, um, "I've got some really close mates. He's 42 years of age, and he said I could talk to him about anything up to about three years ago, and mm. it's just flipped." He said, "No, I don't feel comfortable enough that I can actually talk to people that I know so well. Uh, it's almost like the the foreign person or the new person that you meet that you're able to actually connect closer with, and you feel more comfortable mm. um, because you build this stereotype of a mateship that he's he's bulletproof and he's all energetic and everything's great." <laughs> You, you don't feel comfortable enough with a mate that you know so well to tell them the truth about how you are. And that's mm. what's been quite unique and quite special about the group. But certainly it's improved dr- dramatically. You know, and um, the younger generation that we've got in the group, now the group dynamic is varying from fathers bringing their kids down at six, seven, eight, nine years of age to mm. guys in their 20s. And then there's a demographic of guys in their 40s to 50 where they're been really successful as in they've become CEOs or you know, they become too busy with work and they're too busy with their family and they disconnect from their mates. So there's a social disconnection that happens to life and these guys certainly in that 40s bracket where they don't catch up with their mates, they don't reach out enough and we're trying to fill that gap as far as, you know what, hang on a second, it's okay, man. Mm. Come down, nothing's expected of you and you're just connecting with people and having a, and, and it's okay to just be there and you know, no expectations about doing some yeah. exercise and having the real chat, mm. the genuine chat about, and it's, it's quite a diverse group and it's amazing the way we set it up that, that you actually invite someone, one person that, and you know, we've all got friends and mates everywhere, but the group itself is so diverse because you don't know anyone. And, and it's not just the chat that's uh, important too with your program. So much evidence about how important yep. physical activity and getting some exercise is dealing with all those problems. Is that is that just a yep. coincidence in what you're doing, or is that was a targeted no. thing that you wanted to do? Yeah, 
No, it was a, it was a planned, planned target about obviously the release of endorphins when you exercise and it helps your mental state. Clearly, it's proven the research has, has shown that. You know, and I design exercises every every Wednesday around you know your capability whether you can walk or if you can crawl, you can do it, and it's up to you and how hard you want to push yourself. And I designed the programs. The exercise component is actually you deciding how hard you push yourself. But you might get one person who goes, you know what, I enjoyed exercising this morning. I feel great. Get back into the car and I love the man that I am. I'm going to go down and do it again on the Friday. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're creating a guy who's training twice a week. He might go to four times a week and he's getting his mental state improvement through the exercise that you've just done a half an hour exercise on a Wednesday morning. So no, it, was, it was a target that we, we were very clear, clear on and um, wanted to actually set in the program as the exercise piece. It's but so, it's very different to personal training. Piece, yeah, you know? yeah. It's not a personal trainer. It's, it's actual social connection is probably the most important bit. And the hook is the night before we get guys to put in their coffee order. So you're almost holding them account. You're going, right, <laughs> yeah. what's your coffee order? And you go, oh, man, I've told them I'm going to go. I've told them I'm going to get a skinny, flat, white in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. If I told them a skinny, flat, white in Ireland, I'd get shot. <laughs> you know, but you get, so you get your coffee order and that's it. And you, you, you're kind of hooking them in through the coffee and then they go, well, I've got the accountability piece. It's mm. so bloody, it's great that you're doing this. And, of course, people are gravitating to you and, you know, drawn in into it and, because you've lived the experience as well, it's completely authentic. How much of this? How much of that? You say it's all diverse, and but how much is there a common thread tag that um, that going back to that connected piece that you're talking about? Whether it be job, or whether it be your wife, or whether it be your yeah. footy club, how much of um, how much of that is the reason that so many of these blokes have found themselves in in a position where they need a bit of a hand? Yeah, look, we've all got our own stories. Andy, you know, and we've all got our own journey and we've all got our challenges, but you'd be so surprised about the people that are going through the similar things when you actually talk about it. Uh. You know, we got guys that are going, they've got newborn babies and go, oh man, I can't, what's going on? You're not getting any sleep. And, you know, someone might say to you, well, you know what? It's just a phase. Mm. Get through that phase. And they take that advice. And you're helping each other through the conversations that you're having. You know, it's not guys that are there that are fully depressed and they need your clinical assessments. That's part of that. But it's also about guys trying to help themselves be better through connecting and through conversations around challenges that they're having in their life right now. Uh, and, and that's helping men, which inevitably is going to help us be better husbands, fathers, brothers, partners, the whole lot, you know, which inevitably is going to help domestic violence, hopefully, and, yeah. and all these things around the issues that are in society right now. But uh, it, there's very common threads uh, amongst a diverse group, certainly. And, and when you find out that you're not alone, when you find out that there's others going through the same thing, how powerful is that for helping somebody get off their ass and, and start heading in the right direction again? Mate, oh, I've done a lot on the sporting field and, and I really enjoyed it, but this is probably the most powerful thing I've ever done in my life. Mm. To receive text messages around changing my life. Um, thank you very much, WNO, for what you've been able to do for me. Um, you know, a perfect day for me is helping somebody and, you know, to get messages like that. It's, it's, it's very profound in my, in my life. And, you know, you, you become very grateful and you get things into perspective very quickly. And that's just from me. But when you understand there's people going through things that are difficult, you know, you understand how brave you are to be able to open up and, and share their experiences. It's certainly very special and something I'm very proud of, yeah. as is Davis. Yeah, good on you. And it's, mm. a, it's a really – it's a I mean, it's a, the, the name of the group is – clearly significant when no one's watching that that is the time isn't it when you know if bad yeah. things are going to happen uh, uh, yeah. you know yeah uh, and the name it came from when we were designing it and i said to david i went back to my playing career i i was probably one of the best people at bluffing how good i was at 
you know, an injury or my, anything. I'd walk into the football club and I'd put on this face and go, I'm bulletproof. Watch me. I'd get in my car, I'd get home and I'd be going, oh, God. Yeah. When no one's watching or, or I was making the right decisions around my diet or was I going out drinking and partying or was I, you know, when no one's watching is the most important thing as an athlete. And that's where I drew in the name of this. And when you're on your own, what's going on? And when you need to be able to lean on people and that's the most important time, the name is, Obviously, it means a whole lot around, you know, trying to live your life like no one's watching, but also what's happening when no one's watching when you're on your own because it is a challenging time when you are on your own, you're having those negative thoughts. These challenges are probably even more exaggerated in that professional, high-level, elite-level sporting organisations, mm. and the AFL is one of the most powerful ones in this country. Do you feel, do you feel like the clubs are, are on top of this and dealing with these issues uh, as well as they can? It's a, it's a it's a tricky one. I'm I'm now involved in coaching again as far as helping out the Giants Academy. You know, I understand where the clubs are coming from. You know, it's a high performance, trying to get the most as we can out of the players. You know, and the transitioning piece is still very challenging for 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 clubs transitioning out of the game. Obviously, the expectation piece is getting higher and higher through social media. You know, and the education piece is 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 the bit, isn't it? That's the answer. Mm. You know. Social media is fantastic and we love it. And it's when it's used properly, it's unbelievable for your profile as an athlete. It's unbelievable. Then it's the downside of the challenging component when things aren't going so well and how you deal with it and how you deal with the anxiety, performance, pressure and backing up day to day and the weight of expectation of, you know, 50, 60,000 supporters on your back. So there's only so much to, I think there's a lot more we can do. Uh, and, you know, I think from an elite perspective, there's certainly a lot more scope from my, from my mind to, to really push the transitioning piece. The transitioning piece is the bit for me, really, because you've got great people around you when you're in the programs mm. and when you're playing, um, but when you're not, that's the challenging component for mine. Uh, which makes groups like yours um, ever so much more important, mate. Keep up the good work. Congratulations on the gong, and um, we look forward to hearing you know, way more about um, you know, what, what you and the group are doing. Thanks for coming on and having a chat about it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Love the show. You're a good, good man. man. Ty Canelli joining us on the program. Movember, this Movember, head to Brumbies. Break bread with a mate. Have a conversation. Brumbies Bakery, proudly supporting Movember. Uh, great to have you with us. Uh, the Socceroos, terrific feedback, too, uh, coming through from the um, Ty Canelli chat. A lot of people doing good work mm. in that space, and uh, he continues to do that. When no one's watching is the name of the group that uh, Ty, Ty is uh, connected to. Uh, and may he continue to continue to do the good work that he's doing. Hey, we're going to get to the news. We're in a bit overtime with Ty. Andy Harper is going to join us after five to give us his expert view mm. on the Socceroos squad, which has just dropped. 26 players named in it. There's obviously a couple of um, surprises that have been flagged in the lead-up to the official announcement. There's a couple of pretty surprising announcements in it. Mm-hmm. Andy will dive deeper into that after five, but... We'll go through the squad to the best of our ability on the other side of this. And if you've got a view on it, uh, feel free to share at one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What have Graham Arnold and the group got mm. right? What have they got wrong? Your views on our 26-man squad to take on the best in the mm. world in the World Cup? Well, the thing that sticks out to me, uh, who is completely not qualified to really go to a deep no, dive You and this. I both, we're just fans, mate. But... Uh, Rogic, no, Tommy Rogic. Well, now, I know he wasn't there in a very, very important phase for us, but do you, um, what do you he, do? he's gone right. over and playing in the uh, in a, a decent league in uh, in England. He's, yeah, there's no doubt he's good. I mean, clearly he is good enough to be mm. in the squad. Clearly. Well, is he? No, clearly not. No, if he's no, not, no. hasn't been picked. No, this is the point he is. Oh, you think oh, this he's is... clearly... The... Of course, this is... Well, so, that's not what Graham Arnold said. He did not... 
He, he did not put a, a, a red line through him Would just you like because to do, you, you just do a quick Twitter poll. Is oh. Yes or no, off the temper text. Not would you pick him, but is Tom Rogic good enough to be in this Socceroos squad? Just yes or no, 0433981116. Mm. If it's not a 90 to 10 response. Well, I would have thought so, as unqual- but I'm unqualified. And, but I don't know whether... Yeah, I don't know whether is this. Am I reading too much into this? Could it be that there might be some other explanation? Well, don't you like the idea of a you commit as best as you possibly? We understand oh, there's going to be commit. He's been he's put his hand up across the journey. He well, has been there. It's I will say like, Graham Arnold's made a blue then. Well, I don't know. That's my point. Well, you're arguing. You, you just know that he's put his hand up across the journey, and now you're telling well, me no. But you're saying he's been penalised specifically for that one time. Is that what you're indicating? I'm saying he's good enough to be in this squad. Well, so you're saying that the reason he's not there is because he's been penalised for not being well, why in, isn't he in the squad? Game. Well, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to get your explanation out of you. But... Well, I can only assume it's that. Because oh, okay. He's good enough to be in the – hands up out there in the control room. Oh, if Tom yeah. Rogic is good enough to be in no, this no, squad. Of course, that's what no I said. No question about it. They're all hands up everywhere. Yeah. Our young work experience guru from Alibri's got their hand up. And he doesn't even know who Tom Rogic is. Uh, well, I'm sure he does. 27 to 5, uh, your views on this squad, if you've got a strong comment or if you've got a thought on the Tom Rogic omission, would you make that call? If it is based on the fact that he's, you know, been a bit oh, picky. Yes, 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 yes. Of course he's good enough, mate. Mm. So what's the reason he's yes. not there? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you think? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. Bruce agrees. It's 26 I to 5. it's because of what... Uh, oh. oh, you want to be listening to that. That'll be fantastic. Graham Arnold, coach of the Socceroos. The 26-man squad's been announced. Atkinson, Bacchus, Beige, Boyle, Cummings, Dejanek, Deng, Devlin, Duke, Goodwin, Rustich, Irvine, Karacic, King, Quoll. Can't wait to see him on a stage like this. Hopefully he gets some serious minutes. Leckie, Mabil, McLaren, McGree, Moy, Redmayne, Rolls, Ryan, Sutar, Vukovic, and right, that is the squad. There's some big names that aren't part of it all. Matt's in Caulfield. Uh, if you've got a view on this squad, uh, November 22, the whole tournament kicks off. Feel free to share it with us. Good afternoon to you, Matt. Hey, Andy. Hey, Gacy. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Matty. Um, just in terms of the squad, Rogic is in the squad because he's barely played. I don't think he's got anything to do with him withdrawing from the last squad. Um, his team in the championship in England, the bottom of the ladder, and he can't get any minutes there. And he... Hasn't played for six months. That's probably why he's not in the squad. Okay. Um, just in terms of some omissions, very surprising with Langerak. I mean, he's got more clean sheets than the number of games that Matt Ryan's actually yeah. played in the last two, three years. Um, I'm not sure if you saw that stat. And secondly, it's interesting that is not playing. Um, he provides a good attacking option that can actually take on players. And we seem very one-dimensional up forward. So I'm not sure if we're actually going to score a goal or not. So the Langerak one's fascinating. Playing over in Japan, Matty, you've picked up a Signet Boost Power Bank, by the way, value at fifty nine ninety five for your call. Two years in a row, I think he's been the Japanese keeper um, of the season over there in the J League. I mean, it's a you know, it's a it's a quality league. Um, he's clearly playing at a high level. You know, we've encouraged him to come out of retirement to continue to play and make himself available, which he's done. And then he doesn't get selected. I'm sure Jared and John will be asking, you know. Graham Arnold about the Langerak situation when he joins us uh, when he joins us on the show. Um, Vukovic, Ryan, and Redmayne are the three keepers that have been selected ahead of him. So it does appear to be you know the one selection Keefe, that yep. uh, has upset Australian football fans you know more than any other in this one. So Harps, I'm well, sure I think they're just trying to understand it. Well, that's, that's right. Yeah, mm. yeah, but I think I think there's a 
it is something that you know, Australian sports fans, particularly soccer fans in Australia, are pretty passionate about. You know, they mm. like they have a view, and it's a view they're happy to share. I mean, Harps will be um, Harps will join us later on to give us his take, and he'll have specific views on all of this. The, it, the Rogic one's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Matt Matt reckons that it's a lack of playing time, and um, that's seen him out of the squad, and that, that's a legitimate. I mean, that's a legitimate piece of information that you need to mm. take into account. Well, the but other one that's coming up is... You're still, tra- you're still mm. training and you're mm. still, you know, you're still... Well, that's true, but you, you know, you've got to have... I guess you've got to have the, the Ks in the legs, I guess, in well, all, when you're yeah. going into a World well, Cup. Well, but, maybe several of these players have gone past Tom Rogic, but I would have mm. thought that he, six months ago, he was miles in front of half of these blokes. But anyway... Trent Sainsbury is the other wrong. one coming off the uh, information that, that people are a little uh, unsure of what um, why he may not have... Jumped in is another one that people are suggesting are a bit of a surprise. Well, what, what would you say about that? Well, Andy? you can ask Andy Harper about that. Okay. Uh, he's been training with Melbourne City the last month. So, again, is it just, a, I mean, Graham Ardle clearly wants players to be in this squad who are battle Cherry hardened, white. playing, um, you know, in, in game shape. You don't, you don't want blokes who are, you know, you're going to throw them out there and they're going to be a bit. Um, they're going to be a bit Where rusty and, and finding and finding mm. the pace of the thing too much. So it, if you're not playing, mm. there does seem to be a bit of a theme uh, f- from this squad that if you're not playing consistently, mm. that's been held that's been held against you. But how's this for a stat, Andy? Because you're thinking, and, and, and by mm. the way, yep, Sainsbury is Graham Arnold's son-in-law. Yes. Uh, so so you know maybe that's. I don't think that's a reason to <laughs> pick him or not to pick him, but the fact that he there's certainly no. Mm. Nepotism uh, at play here. I wouldn't have thought so. But uh, what about the fact that um, oh, I think this is an interesting one? And tell me if I'm wrong. Well, is I hope it I can. 68 players across the journey. It's remarkable. That's a big, big yep. number, which I think is bodes well for international exposure and and what they've been trying to do. So over the campaign, there's been 68, 68. different players in the squad. Now they all may not have got a game, but they've they've had that level of exposure to the team, which which. I wonder that's whether a, that's a, to me that sounds impressive. Uh, well, I would, I would, without knowing clearly mm. the answer to this question, mm. but I would think that that would be as high a number. It's a lot of any team that has got through the World Cup. Now, mm. now clearly, that has to have something to do with a geography, availability, a geography. And, Surely, like we got players, Australia, we are as disparate as anybody, aren't we, mm. in terms of where we are and where our players go. So having players, and this is part of the Rogic mm. situation for whatever those personal reasons were in the games against the UAE and Peru that he made himself unavailable for, the two crucial ones that eventually got us in. You know, I don't think we're any the wiser as to what those issues were and, and they're Tom's to know and to Rogic's to know and keep. But, you know, sometimes it's just not as easy for Australian players. And you would have known, you would have felt this from a basketball perspective. I mean... There would have been plenty of players on any given occasion uh, when Australia was qualifying for, you know, various international competitions. There would have been basketballers who just weren't available because of of the tyranny of distance and all of that sort of stuff. So that's a reality that we have to deal with. That's true. And also with the timing of it all and the Hmm. the priorities and how it all fits in. But, um, but you know, again, without knowing, Hmm. it seems like that that's a healthy situation. Now, some could argue with saying, well, hang on, well, no, they haven't all played. They've, they've been no, but exposed I agree with, no, to the I agree with that. I think I it think is. that's a good thing. I agree with you. Mm. I think it is. Uh, it's 18 minutes to five. Uh, we'll get a break. Uh, Harps will join us to give us his expert opinion on all of this, uh, as opposed to a couple of fans just sitting here 
uh, jabbering away about it all hmm. after five. Uh, Super coach is happening again with the BBL. Al Patton's, Patton's going to join. A little guru from the from no, News Limited organisation. Statistical marvel. Yeah, if you want to get fair income about anything to do with Super Coach, uh, we'll get. Well, I can't ad- believe how engaged you are with the NFL Super Coach no, it's, situation. It's a religion. It's outrageous. The, oh, it's the emotion that you're oh, no. displaying at every NFL game oh. we have on the telly. I'm ashamed of myself. You should be. I am. I. 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 I it's a like kid. I don't. I can't believe how mm. invested in NFL Dream Team type arrangements mm. I am. No. Stupid. Extraordinary. Absolutely no, stupid. Good on you. Thank you very much. Celts get another win today too. By the way, Jason Tatum uh, underlooked in uh, no, conversation. He's, not. he's highly rated. Uh, you don't rate him as highly as he should. I do. No, you know where is he? Top five. Uh, right now in the league, yeah, I'd put him in the top five We're without for- really going into it, but. <laughs> Top five, I, I, I rate him very highly. Thank you. Good. We're here for robot building. He's not so, as good as Giannis. You reckon he's the top player. He's I not as good second, as Giannis. Second best in the league beyond Giannis. Not as good as Doncic. If you've got Doncic or him, mm. I'm not taking him ahead of Well, okay. That's your opinion. Uh, well, you need to have the same one because right. I'm far more qualified. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> We're here for robot building supplies and very BMW. Al Payton is standing. In fact, he's not standing by. He's He's bloody ready. He's born ready, this bloke. Mm. Particularly when it comes to Supercoach-related matters, whether it be footy or cricket, the KFC BBL Supercoach is back. Supercoach.com.au to get your team ready and rocking. Al Payton, how lovely to have you on the program. Welcome. Thank you, gents. No, it's, uh, it's great to be back talking uh, KFC Supercoach. And may I say, uh, Mike Hussey looks wonderful in the oh. uh, in the green tracksuit. What's he doing? He's What's an ambassador. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, so obviously uh, filling some pretty big shoes. Warney was uh, the king of super coach for a long time, but uh, we've got Mike on board this year, and uh, yeah, no, he, he fills out that uh, suit magnificently. He's in very good nick, Mike Hussey. So give us the uh, give us the lures, Al. What are people playing for this year? What's the what's the what what bootay goes to the winner? Well, it's twenty five grand is the overall prize for whoever has the most uh, KFC super coach. Points at the end of the BBL season, which is a pretty good uh, incentive to get in and play. It's obviously free to play, um, and you know it's just an easy and fun game. It really uh, makes the BBL enjoyable to watch. But there's weekly or round prizes, I should say, of uh, 500 bucks as well. So the rounds uh, tick along pretty quickly. Oh, nice. A bit different to the AFL game. So. Um, yeah, plenty of uh, opportunity there to, to grab something if you're, you're uh, in quick and on the ball. And uh, in a, a broader sense, is it possible to identify where the best value is going to come? Is it going to come from the bowlers or the batters? Nice, where, nice Where question. generally is it going to come from? The value we're talking about. Nice. Yeah, well, I think uh, bowlers do tend to score more points. It's a, mm. it's a, I mean, it's sort of the nature of the BBL that it's a, you know, a bit of smash and grab. And if, you, mm. you know, if you're on the right batter and he, and he smashes a, a big score in not many deliveries, then you can just get some massive right. points that way. But if you were looking for a bit more reliability in your scores, probably the bowlers uh, is where to look because they can score points from taking wickets, obviously, but also, you know, you get a point for a dot ball and maidens and right. low run rates and things like that as well. So if you know someone's going to bowl four overs, um, they can usually be a pretty good bet. And obviously, all-rounders are, you know, if you get the best of both worlds. So, you know, a Glenn Maxwell or a Daniel Sams type who um, bowls and also can uh, smash some runs with the bat, that's uh, the guy to aim for. So what sort of, what's, what, how many players do we have in our team, Al, and what's the, what are the requirements in terms of batters, bowlers, keepers, all that sort of stuff? Uh, we have 11 on the field, and then there's another uh, five on the bench. So you've got five batters, five bowlers, and one wicketkeeper. Um, but, yeah, there's a number of uh, sort of all-rounders you can pick in multiple positions. So, like, a, um, as I said, a Glenn Maxwell, you can pick him as a batsman or a bowler. 
or swinging between the two, or there's wicketkeeper batsmen, um, which can be really handy as well. So, um, yeah, you want to try and get a few of those in your side to give yourself as much ability as possible. All right, let me. Uh, I've given Gazy a couple. Of, I've given you a couple of names to throw it out. So mm. give him ask for ask Gals an expert. Put him on the spot. No, just so. ask him the expert opinion on these two <laughs> blokes because I reckon you. I don't know whether they're going to be Jason Sanger. What do you? How, yeah. how do we rate him? Uh, yeah, no, don't mind him at all. So the, the thing that really uh, the key to the strategy in this is a bit different to the footy, which is a bit of adjustment for me, where you're sort of playing the long game in the AFL, trying to get the, the right guys at the start of the season who are going to rise in value and all that sort of thing. Um, but the fixture is the absolute key to KFC Supercoach BBL. And you want to look for teams that are playing twice within the one round, which uh, happens the way that games are so rapid that, like, for instance, in the first round, you've got the Sydney Thunder, so that's Sanger and you know a bunch of other pretty good players uh, like um, Sands, as I mentioned, and and uh, Hales, Alex Hales, play twice in round one. So do the Melbourne Stars, and so do the Adelaide Strikers. So those guys get you know two opportunities to score in the one round. So you want to try and pack as many of those in your team as possible, but then also trying to keep an eye on well who's got the you know the buy. The Stars are a classic example. You don't want too many because they've got the buy in round two. So you have got to quickly trade them all out and get. Different guys in. So, and have you got salary um, yeah, caps so and stuff? You got real to, quick fire. Have you got caps and stuff? You got to work within. Are there those sorts of constraints? There is definitely a salary cap. Yes, so you can't just pick absolutely oh, yeah, anybody yeah, you want. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the players, the values do change. So if you get on the guys who are going well, their value will go up. So that gives you a few more options with uh, with your trades. Supercoach.com.au. But give us one just quickly before you go. Give us one you've been drawn to because a bit of a guru when it comes to this sort of stuff. Well, I think, um, I mean, Mike Hussey has, has uh, pointed him out as well. But the first player he's looking at is Marcus Stoinis. He's only 83 grand, which is very cheap in KFC Supercoach BBL. Um, we know what he can do. As I said, the Stars have a double in round one, and especially if he's bowling again. So last season, his scores weren't as great in the BBL as have been in the past. He had some injuries and didn't really bowl. So if he's bowling and batting, he's an absolute steal. There you go. Supercoach.com.au. Al Payton, the man, telling us where we need to be focusing our attention. Uh, thanks, mate. We'll have a whole lot of fun and catch up with you soon. Yeah, look forward to it. Andy Harper, a couple of minutes away from joining us. Uh, he will uh, cast his eye over the Socceroo squad uh, for us when he does. Kenny, we scratched mm-hmm. the surface yesterday. A story broke late yesterday afternoon about... Um, the Hawthorne, a statement coming out of the Hawthorne Footy Club. Most people have had the chance to see that now. Yep. Um, did you ever read of it last I week? Did. The the on behalf of Don Scott and Jeff Harris and the process that led, which has been questioned, the legitimacy of the process and the fairness of it, and the transparency of it all um, from Hawks for Change have questioned all of that. It's a pretty strongly worded statement that came out of the Hawthorne Footy Club in defence of those involved in the process. Some have wondered whether it was the right thing to do to put a statement like that out on club letterhead mm-hmm. at a time when we're about to go into a presidential election at the footy club. Did you have any issues with the with that aspect of, of what was um, what was delivered yesterday? Um, well, the fact that uh, – I assume you're alluding to the fact that it was Don Scott and his advisory yep. uh, committee. Or, yep. what, what was the correct terminology? They were – they were sourcing potential yep. candidates yep. Yep. to be the president, and they've come back and said the club well, nominations you know committee. Yeah, the nomination. We we couldn't find any. We couldn't find anyone that that was prepared to put the hand up, or who, or maybe there were those that were put the hand up that they didn't wouldn't not prepared to uh, recommend. Yep, yep. So I think on that basis, given that that 
those two in particular were acting on behalf of the club and for the club to say, put out, put out there to the members, mean- well, we actually have done, um, we've gone out there and done our best to find all candidates so we can have a, um, uh, make the best choice possible, mm. then I think it's reasonable for them to do that and, and to, to put the statements of the committee because they are, the committee is acting on behalf of the club. So when those uh, two individuals, and of course with Don Scott's profile, and, uh, and, other, and others, and others yep, yep, that were yep, probably yep. on that committee, yep. but those two in particular that are, that are leading the committee, if in fact that was the case, then I don't think it's unreasonable to be, to be transparent with the, the members to, for them to let them know that, well, where we've landed with these candidates is not because we've just plucked these two candidates. We're not just we've put pick, the can- we're not picking one. It's not no. a boat race. We're not just picking our, our no. mate. We're not just looking after a bloke who we here's already know. Here's a committee we trust. He's going to keep doing our work Correct. for us. Yep. So yep. here's a committee we trust that we've put together to go out there and please go find us the best candidates that are prepared to do it and that you're prepared to endorse mm. Mm. as appropriate for the role. And they've come back and said, well, they can't. So I think it's... I think it's appropriate for the club to, Do you to share that information. In fact, let's hear from Peter Nankel. He's on Brecky yep. this morning talking about a whole lot of stuff. And uh, this is what he had to say on becoming the self-appointed candidate for the Hawthorne Footy Club presidency. Peter, does it represent, as was claimed yesterday, the very best of good governance to have led the committee to find the next president and to end up being the candidate put forward as the next president? I was asked to do a job and I get asked at the football club to do lots of jobs. I did a job and I worked with um, the f- talented board members and independent members, including Jeff Harris and Don Scott. And I believe that once that job was done, I was then invited to do another job. How is it possible that there were no suitable candidates to be the next Hawthorne president that you could find? Because we went through a robust process to do so. We identified candidates, we shortlisted, we interviewed, and we, ha- and we didn't get to where we thought we would. So that, that's what I'm, that's exactly to my point. Now, I think a lot of people would think, well, hang on, surely everyone wants to be a president of a football Well, not club. everybody, but, but plenty do. Well, that's my – well, yes. I'm not so sure, Andy, because oh, it's, no. you know, it's not a well-paid – in fact, it's a zero-pay position, and you're there um, with a lot of responsibility. If you don't win, you becoming you get critiqued like no other, mm. and you're, you're held accountable when sometimes – that accountability is not always fair of what you're being held account for. So, um, well, there was somebody else prepared to do, it, and it was Andy Gowers. Well, that's true, and, yeah. and subsequently he's put his hand up. So, yep, yeah. So, what are you? What are your? Are you? Well, I'm just suggesting that that committee. Well, they maybe have, wanted to find. Well, I don't know the timing of it all, and well, I don't know no, the no, timing well, of that, Andy's and decision. And that's when when Andy Gowers gets to tell his side of the story. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be some elements on of the timing of the process. Um, well, there will, will be was, some interest to 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 people mm, who are mm, about to cast a vote in all of if this. If Andy Gowers had been through that process, mm. that they have vetted him and fe- and thought that he wasn't appropriate, mm. then I would think that that's highly unusual, given my understanding as a director, but as someone who's been involved in the club, how he would not have been considered at the very least someone who's worthy of being on the ballot. Well, he considers himself worthy well, of being on the on ballot, the ballot now, and, and, and we'll get to see. Mm. You know, in a couple of weeks, how it all plays out. Um, Andy Harper is a great friend of everybody here on this program. He's, he's, he's been doing his very finest work on a number of platforms for many, many years, whether it be on the green fields of the National Soccer League or on our television screens. You currently get to see him and hear him on Paramount+. Plus. 
uh, and hopefully we'll get you know, more of us will have access to Paramount Plus as the uh, as the years roll by and see and continue to revel in Andy Harper's work. He joins us now to talk about this Socceroo squad Harps that has raised eyebrows as is always the case. The investment yes. in in a World Cup campaign is obviously high. And when you're only picking 26, there's going to be three or four that are going to raise eyebrows for either being in or being out. And yet again, it's the case. Always the way, Cocker. How are you going? Very well. So good to speak with you. Mate. Yeah, yeah. You're sounding great. Those dulcet tones, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But you gargle salt water every night. Oh, well, you know, it just try me hardest, mate. Or better than. Well, yeah, no, no, no. It's yeah. It's, it's, yeah. No, there's there's some secrets. <laughs> I mean, you've been doing it for a long time, so you you know the tricks of the trade. Um, yeah, yeah, not for your level. Give us, your level. give us which ones, Ray. Uh, uh, give us one or two. Have your eyebrows been raised by Arnie Squad um, at all? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the the, the the headlines around the place of bombshell here and bombshell there. Yes. It's, not, it's not quite though, but there are a lot of talking points. I mean, uh, I don't know what Mitch Langerak has to do to get picked in a squad, um, except maybe in the next cycle not retire at some point and then come back. That is the only thing I can see that's hurt him. Um, but he's going it's, okay, Harps. He's going thing. okay. He's going okay where he's playing. Going okay. Yeah. Yes. He's turning the world upside down, yes, mate. He's, right. he's been the best goalkeeper in, in the J-League for about three or four years now. Um, the J-League is a high, high-quality competition, one of the most difficult competitions uh, to win or, 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 or receive those gongs, particularly as a foreigner. Um, and as an Australian foreigner, you know, it's, we're not the top of the pile when it comes to Japanese clubs doing their recruiting. So Mitch Langerak is at one of the biggest clubs in the J-League, has been the best goalkeeper in that competition for years. Like, he can't do anything else. This is, that, that one really uh, floored me, to be honest with you. Um, and then you run through the list. You know, Tommy Rogic uh, has been put out of his misery um, and the fans of Tommy and their legion. Just not enough game time. Um, Trent Sainsbury, I mean, as a as a father-in-law to punt your son-in-law, yes. Yes. you know, if, if he picks him, he gets called all sorts of names. He doesn't pick him, and how does the family Christmas go? Right. I mean, geez, that's a tough one. So that's can a real tough one. So can you understand? So on before you get too far away from those two. Can you understand that Rogic will be a great source of conversation and and it'll be a passionate one because the talent is obvious. Can you understand why he's not in a 26-man squad like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he went MIA for the knockout matches against Peru uh, and the UAE. Now, that's that's probably not a fatal sin, but it doesn't help. Um, And the big play Tommy had to make then was getting game time. Well, he left Celtic... It took him a while to find a club. He ended up at West Bromwich Albion, a, a good club in a very strong league, the championship in England. Steve Bruce, the coach, got punted and he's barely played. So um, I, I don't think that really on a football level is a tough one, particularly when you look at um, Garen Quoll demanding, commanding his place and how many impact players can you carry. So Garen Quoll, you wouldn't imagine he's going to start matches, but Jesus, a decent stick of dynamite to hurl off the bench with, with 15 to go if you're in trouble. <laughs> Tommy Rogic, with the lack of game time, would have been in that situation. Daniel Arzani, too. So I, I can't see too much uh, in that one. But look, the, the, the big ones, the other surprises for me are Jason Cummings getting picked. Um, he just doesn't look the finished article to me, but he's a very, very clever player. Um, but is he going to be a serious candidate to start matches and play 90 minutes of international football? Not 100% sure. Uh, and then the doubling up of Cam Devlin, Keanu Backer. The bizarre thing is, J- 
Jason Cummings has had to leave Scotland and come to Australia to get picked. Cam Devlin has had to leave Australia and go to <laughs> Scotland. To I mean, go work that one out. Um, and Connor Metcalf is unlucky in my book. I think he would have been a different type of midfielder to include in the squad. But overall, um, I mean, you've got to admire Graham Arnold on the one level in, in putting the family ties aside. Can you? It's an extraordinarily difficult thing to do for a player who's been basically an institution in the national team the last couple of World Cup cycles. So can you see consistency? Oh, that's absolutely right, the point you make about, uh, about Sainsbury. Can you see consistency, Andy, in terms of what we've ended up with? Is, has there been a theme yeah. through the Arnold um, regime that is represented in the ultimate squad that we've got? Well, there is. In, he's, been, he's very clearly made it known his favourite players in a football sense, and Harry Sutar is one of them. Um, but he's doubling down on the Harry Sutar one. Of course, he blow, blew his knee out against Vietnam, I think it was, mm. in the World Cup qualifiers. One game back before he's going to be thrust into a starting 11 position. There's no point. Uh, not no point, but I can't imagine Harry not being considered for the starting 11. Um, and Kai Rolls as well. You know, Kai Rolls left the, the Mariners still a couple of seasons for the Central Coast Mariners, left as an international, just played the last couple of games but did really well. Um, and, and all of a sudden, everyone's been just gagging for Kyle to be fit again. Well, he's just coming back, came off the bench on the weekend, I think, for his first return. They're so carrying a lot of a, a couple of players who haven't got much football, but that speaks to the imprint they've made uh, on Graham Arnold. It does go against the argument, though, you've got to pick players who are getting minutes in their league, and those it. two guys yeah. just mentioned aren't in that category. Yep. Hey, uh, Andy, is it unusual in a campaign like this to be taking three goalkeepers? No, standard. But as Robbie Cornthwaite um, <laughs> pointed out, he's taken one number one and two number three. So it's just staggered, <laughs> staggered by not having Mitch Langrack there, who, in the eyes of many people, and reasonably so, would have would conceivably putting Matty Ryan under pressure for a starting berth. Um, so three keepers is standard, um, Andrew, because mm-hmm. uh, you, you've got to have one on the bench. And if one gets injured in your first game, you, I mean, you can't be in a World Cup and have... Mm. Uh, just one goalkeeper to play and, and other players from the field standing in in case something goes wrong. In fact, you always get some sort of dispensation if the goalkeeping situation goes wrong because it's such a specialised um, position. And across all the, the checks and balances and the pros and cons and everything that you've already mentioned today, are you do you like this op- this team and do yeah. you think that we are best placed to, to maybe cause an upset and get through this pool? Yeah, well, I think we've got a puncher's chance, Andrew, mm. um, against some seriously difficult teams, <laughs> defining a champion. And, of course, I think probably an improved Denmark uh, from the last time we played them in the World Cup. Aside, of course, for Christian Eriksen uh, and his rather serious health concerns. But, yeah. but uh, So he's not going to be quite the, the same impact. And, and Tunisia is completely unknown to us. I mean, we haven't played African teams routinely forever, really, um, and they're going to be really difficult. But I think I think the team's got a puncher's chance. You know, Graham Arnold can, can knit a good tactic together with this team. I think they'll be very strong physically. Um, and, like, you know, you get a bounce of the ball going your way, which is what we're going to need because the opposition is so strong. But it's not beyond the realms of possibility. It's going to be great viewing. I mean, I'm sure the, oh, the guys will fight yeah. right to the death. Oh, we can't Which is at least the least we'd expect. And from there, you've got a puncher's chance because it's, it's a football match, mate.
Mm. You know, anything can happen. So, Harps, let's assume we exceed, you know, the world. No, no, no chance. I I hang on every, you know, I hang on every single word you've got to say. Let's say we come, (laughs) let's say we come home, right? And we've exceeded the world's expectations. Who are the two players in this squad who you think can find a gear and have the world take notice of of their mm. talents that that maybe uh, maybe they they don't already. Well, that's that's a really interesting one. The the obvious answer to that is Garang Quoll because yep. not many people know much about him, and, and he he just hasn't missed a beat. I didn't have, he wouldn't have had a dozen senior appearances yet. Uh, he's a soccerer already, hmm. uh, yet to play a full match of senior football. Um, uh, already picked up by the Premier League. He's the sort of player come on and people go, wow, geez, this kid, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I'm going to an old timer, you know, because I'm I'm trying to think. To be that type of player, Cocker, you've got to you've got to start. You've got to play the bulk of three games. Most of the guys who are going to fit into that category are well known to us. Um, but I think I'm really expecting the guy who's going to confirm his serious international quality is Aaron Moy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'd fallen off the radar by going to China and he, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd accumulated superannuation. He's entitled to do that. Congratulations. <laughs> now he's back at Celtic with, with Ange Postacoglu and he's getting high-quality pressure matches, European Champions League, etc. He is a fantastic... He's one of the best we've ever produced, mate. You know, he's a quiet guy. doesn't say anything... He's not a marketer's dream. He's not on the posters. He's, he's, I don't know if he's active on social media. He's certainly not a self-promoter. Yep. But that doesn't mean that he's not one of the very best players we've ever produced. He, he, he could easily, in my opinion, if he didn't divert from the Premier League and go to China to, to cash in his chips, again, which is his, his option, um, I reckon he could still be playing in the Premier League. He's magnificent. And I reckon this World Cup could be the chance to answer your question where he, he confirms that in the eyes of people. Beautiful. Nice. I, can't, I can't wait. Hey, last one, just quickly before I let you go. Uh, Kevin Musk. Am I got time for one more? No. I haven't. Do you ever, mate. Let's on, talk Musk. Well, we're we're one in. You had a fair crack well, at it. I didn't know. We didn't have any time I think time you're going to ask the same one. Well, and you just quickly, it Just really quickly, Huff. What's going? To, what do you at the end of this campaign? Tell us what you think is going to happen with the the the, uh, the real cocker, the real coach. Uh, is he go, is he going to be still at the helm, or is he going to move on to other things? That's not what I was going to ask at all. Arnie, though. yes, that's not what I was going to ask at all. Are you talking Arnie or Musky? Which one are we talking here? Kevin Musket is. Oh. No, no, Graham <laughs> Arnold. What are you talking about, Andy? Keep going. Uh, well, yeah. uh, we started on Musk. Yeah, no, no. Well, I wanted to ask kidding. about Graham Arnold because there's been. I read in an article today about what, what he's where that might be going. Well, you know that, that you can set your clock to those articles on Arnie because mm. whenever a tournament up, all of a sudden he's going to be going overseas. Yes. Um, his deal is up with the Socceroos at the conclusion of this campaign. It was looking like that was going to be in June, but they got through those two games and massive credit to him for for, for doing that, mate. I reckon for him to get renewed. Um, honestly, for him to get renewed, the team would either have to really narrowly miss out on qualification for the round of 16 because they've beaten one of the big guys and lost out on goal difference or something, or he's actually going to have to get through to the round of 16. Otherwise, Mm. I I couldn't see him being around. Yes, Harps, you're a beautiful man. Thank God for being part of the show today. We appreciate your expertise as always, my friend. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me. You're a good man. It's 21 minutes past five.